Welcome to the School of Travel's podcast. I'm your host, Becky Gillespie, and each week I bring you stories of how travel can truly change your life if you take the chance to get out on the road and step out of your comfort zone. My guests also share travel tips and lessons they've learned along the way, which I hope inspires you to let travel be your teacher. Hello, listeners. Welcome, welcome, welcome back to a very special episode of the School of Travel's podcast where we are going to focus on a topic that we've probably all had experience with at some point in our lives, firsthand or secondhand, online dating. That's right, online dating. Now, I will be the first to admit, I've had very little experience with online dating myself, but I would love to learn more about it and how I might get to a point where I feel more comfortable doing it. And my guest this week, Kevin, is someone with a lot of experience in the world of online dating. And he is here to help me navigate through the situation and give us all some tips and tricks he's learned while going on almost 100 dates over the last few years. We also learn about how online dating wasn't always so easy for Kevin, but how he managed to get over his initial issues and come to actually prefer online dating to meeting someone organically. I hope you enjoy Kevin's story of how he became a digital nomad and makes his traveling lifestyle work with online dating. Here's his story. Welcome to episode 24 of the School of Travels podcast. Today I'm here with Kevin Ohashi. Hi, Kevin. Hi. Thank you for joining me today on, to talk about something that I think a lot of people are going to be very interested in, online dating. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to talk about this. Me too. First of all, can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Is this, I'm Kevin, I like long walks on the beach and pina coladas and being caught in the rain. Is that what is in your Tinder profile? No, absolutely not. <laughs> what my, is the description of your Tinder profile? Uh, my description is I'm looking for a shameless karaoke partner. Oh, perfect. <laughs> yeah. But... Well, we're going to get into that. But what I mean, Kevin, is I'd like, you to, I'd like you to tell the listeners where you're from, how you got to the point where you are now, because I know you're a traveler like me. Uh, one could call you a digital nomad. Uh, one might, yes. Well... I'm from Washington, D.C. I've been traveling for a very long time, I guess. It's hard to pinpoint when it started. My family worked in international development, so they traveled a lot for work, and I often went with them. I'm also half Japanese, so I went back to Japan pretty much every year, forever. I'm in my 30s now, so it's been... I don't know, near 30, 35 times back to Japan. But I also, my family lived abroad, so I lived two years in Kathmandu, where I actually finished high school. How was that? What was that like? uh, Well, I was actually supposed to only go for one year. Um, My junior year of high school, I was supposed to go live with my dad for a year and then come back and finish in the U.S. But I went, I realized... I was much happier in Nepal, and I really liked being there, and I wasn't so happy back home in Washington, so I asked my mom if I could stay another year, and she was okay with it, so I did, and I really liked it a lot. What was it that you loved about Nepal? I've been there twice myself, and I I personally really love the people. Uh, The people were absolutely lovely. I think it was the first real change in scenery in terms of how I was living. Even though I traveled a lot, I had been in the same school from age four till 16. 
in Washington and I mean that's that was my entire life didn't know anything else didn't really have anything to compare to and suddenly here is a new world that I felt much happier I I feel like after a long time you kind of get stuck in this is who you are in this place and that was all I ever knew and suddenly it was an opportunity to start again like I think a lot of people have for college you get to reinvent and figure out who you are and I had it a couple years early moving there and realized I really like that so were you in a local school uh, no I was in the American International School there and it was it was also much smaller so I graduated with 31 kids so wow, very small. yeah so you kind of build a lot more closer relationships a lot more quickly and many of these kids had been expat kids their entire lives and kids went in and out of the school quite frequently based on you know parents get moved jobs change so a lot of people are used to new people coming in making new friends and so pretty much I guess everybody had been that new person at some point and often not that long ago so it was very welcoming and friendly and I think that was probably the biggest change. I can see how that would have made a big difference. Yeah. Also, my two closest friends from Washington both came to visit me both summers after the school year back in Washington finished. They would come out and we'd all get to hang out in Nepal together, which is pretty cool for us, I guess, and cool of their parents to send their children across the world. Wow. Did you get to go to some of the national parks in Nepal and do some hiking or trekking? Yeah, we did... uh, some trekking and whitewater rafting near Pokhara. Absolutely lovely. Wow, that's such a unique part of growing up. It sounds like, you, as you've said, you were definitely traveling a lot at a much earlier age than a lot of people. So it, travel must have felt just like a normal thing. Normal yeah, it's, part a, of your life. it's a difficult question when people say, oh, how long have you been traveling? And I don't know. My, I think my mother was traveling with me in the womb to different countries <laughs> doing her job. <laughs> Suppose that's maybe when it started. Okay. But, and you have a particular love for Thailand, you've told me. That is the place I spend the most time of anywhere in the world mm-hmm. right now. So I go there generally between three to five months of the year for the past five, six years, six years. Yeah. When did you start working completely online and, and moving around as you did it? So actually the first online business I really started that was actually made some money because I tried when my best friend and I tried when we were ooh, probably about 12 13 ish to I had started teaching myself how to make websites at 11 and we we wanted to start a business making websites for people we never did anything but we bought a domain name bought some web hosting and set up a website and I think I did pretty much all that his dad bought the stuff for us I didn't tell my mom a lot of these things because uh, she worries a lot about me going to jail for doing something illegal when probably a 13-year-old trying to set up a business scares her a little bit. Okay. Yeah, so we set up our website, and that's actually what led me into my first online business, which I started at about 16 or 17 when I moved to Nepal. You started a business when you were in Nepal. I did. I suddenly found myself with a lot of free time. 
I played a lot of video games, which will come as a shock to most people that know me. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, the laughter there is... That's not true at all. And uh, it's still to this day. Might play a few here and there. But in Nepal at the time, I think they had 24 megabits for the entire country. I even, even when I went there in 2015, it wasn't strong. Yeah. So my online gaming habits kind of died immediately with a lack of connection. And suddenly I... Uh, started getting interested in the domain name business because that domain name we had for our company that didn't do anything which i felt a very strong personal attachment to kind of got taken away taken away yeah like so the web hosting company that we had paid for this service the owners ran away to mexico and took all the money and left twenty-five thousand clients hanging no way. And everything was in their name, so technically I couldn't get my domain name. And it, I had to figure out, okay, how do I get this back? Because nobody's going to keep paying for it, because this guy ran away to Mexico and left the company high and dry. So I started researching and found out how domain names expired. And this was about 2003. And so I stumbled on this little forum and community of this subculture of what are called domainers and it was people buying and selling these domain names and a lot of them were buying them when they expired and every day something like 20,000 domains would expire and people would compete to register the good ones and then you'd either make money with advertising or try and sell them off for more to companies or Whatever, it was very unknown to the general population. And so I stumbled on this, I learned about how the whole process worked, and I uh, was just trying to figure out how to get mine back. But in the meantime, I was looking at these lists, and I thought, that looks nice. Ooh, that one's good. I bet I can buy that and make money. Like, suddenly it was this golden opportunity sitting right there in front of me and I thought okay you know I have a little bit of money saved up I'm gonna try buying a few of these and seeing if I can make some money I think I can be good at this and so I took a few hundred bucks and I started buying a few and selling them but I spent a lot of time writing software to research which ones had the most potential because back in those days, it was before search engines were really good. I don't, I'm not even sure Google existed yet. I don't think it did. Um, so what you would do, a lot of people would just type in, if I want a car, I go to cars.com. Or, you know, I want to go to Bonsco, I go to bonsco.com. <laughs> and so there was a lot of what we called type-in traffic. So the goal was to find domain names that people were typing in. Because you suddenly had a funnel of people looking for whatever service that might be every day at zero cost to you. They just came every day. And there was ways to figure out and approximate how many people were doing it uh, using search engines. You could They used to publish how many times somebody searched every term. So I wrote software to check every domain name 
that was expiring and see, okay, which ones are people typing in? And so those are the ones I tried to buy and bought them, put them, tried to connect them to advertisers who were providing the service and collecting a check every month. Wow. And so you did start collecting a check every month. I did. College. You told me you were in uh, college and making oh, more, making maybe the same that somebody right out of college would be making. Uh, yeah, probably even before that. Back in high school, it, it went incredibly well. Um, my biggest problem was I was probably 17 at that point and didn't really have a lot of capital. I ended up writing a lot of software to find these domain names to the point where I couldn't even buy all the ones I wanted. And I ended up selling data uh, to other people. You know, here's my list. I would buy the very best ones that I thought, but I could only afford a few. And then sell off the kind of middle to bottom stuff. Then people were buying hundreds of them and paying me for the privilege to find them. Like, information was valuable. Until one guy actually approached me after he'd been buying lots of them. He said, hey, how about this? We'll just go 50-50. You find them. I will pay for every one. And then we split the profit. And so we did that. And... That portfolio was making probably a few thousand dollars a month. Just I never spent a dollar. I was a, probably not even an adult yet. Just had this data. We even bought one domain name. It was election or elections.ca for Canada. And the official website was the other. I can't remember if it was plural or singular. And so every time there was a Canadian election, we'd make a whole bunch of money because... Thousands of people came and looked for that information, but I was writing all that software to find these, and it was it worked very well. Wow. So that's when I started my first online business, and still to this day I own a few hundred, and every year, well, hopefully most years I sell a few. And Wow. It sounds like you got in at a very good time into the internet world that, as we know now, is just massive and just growing and growing and never... I don't know where the end is. <laughs> the timing was very good. It was right after the bubble burst, and mm -hmm. everybody kind of, a lot of people were giving up on it, and so a lot of good domain names that people had high hopes no longer had any hopes at all. Let's see. I was buying people's broken dreams. Oh, man. Oh, I wasn't man. old enough to make a legal company, so there was no company, <laughs> oh. and I was a teenager in Nepal. What a story. Okay, but strangely and funnily enough, that is not the main thing that we would like to talk about today, listeners, although I feel like we could talk for hours and it would be it'd be so many interesting stories. Oh, you're inviting me back already. Yeah, yeah. Five more episodes from now. Come oh, on back, Kevin. You'll just be a co-host by the end here. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, so as I teased at the beginning of this, I met Kevin a few months ago, actually, and we got onto the topic of online dating. And I found out that compared to me, Kevin has quite a lot of experience online dating. And I wanted to learn and kind of pick Kevin's brain today for myself and you listeners and see what we can learn from this bigger and bigger world of online dating. I, every time I ask people these days, I would say 75 or even more percent of people tell me they met their partner online. It's no longer this strange, embarrassing thing that people are afraid to admit. It's the norm now, I think. Would you agree with me? I don't know about that, the percentage, but it's definitely far more common now. And I remember when you were supposed to lie to people on the internet, you didn't want to give them their real name. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about, too. Like, I ask people, and I used to get these really, like, oh, we met online. 
and they seemed genuinely embarrassed, but now it's just, they just go, leave it online. Okay. Now everybody's done it. Everybody's I guess done it's it. okay. But Although people are still it. embarrassed a little bit, I feel like. I There's think a they slight are. stigma. Yeah, which I don't think there should be because as we're going to discover today, it is much more common than we think it is or definitely than it used to be. So I want to start first, Kevin, by asking you, what online dating forum or online dating network do you use the most? Tinder by far, but I am signed up to a couple others. I have Bumble installed as well. That's probably the second most. And I've tried a few others like uh, OkCupid. Badu, Badu. I don't actually know how to say it. It seems really popular in Asia, maybe some parts of Europe. It's weird and spammy, and I don't how like do you, it. How do you spell that? B a d o o. Okay, Badu. I clearly haven't used it before. Yeah, and then there's others like Happen, which is one where people show up that you cross paths with. So it tracks your location and then shows you where you cross paths with people. It's kind of creepy. Yeah. I've never met anyone off that, but huh. I installed it and looked around and found it way too creepy. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, Tinder and Bumble are the big two. Okay. Would you say um, bigger than OkCupid? I've heard of OkCupid being used quite a bit. So they're different. OkCupid was a website first. That's actually the first one I ever tried many years before I even tried Tinder. But... Okay, Cupid, you fill out a profile and you write a lot about yourself and answer questions and it tries to find people with kind of similar tastes, interests, whatever. You kind of weight every question, what's important to you, and they put what's important to them and shows you how close you are. And so I went out on one date ages ago. The original, my first online date was with a girl off Okay, Cupid, and it was the highest match of any girl in the area it was like 99% and it was terrible and so I gave up on online dating for a few years after that really how did this one online date I was like well if that's as good as it gets this is this is my best match off the internet and it was terrible well do you what? mind if I ask what was terrible about it uh there was zero chemistry at all and it was incredibly awkward and Considering it was my first online date, I'll probably take some responsibility for that being super awkward. <laughs> but I think it was a shared responsibility, if I'm honest. <laughs> okay. Yeah, it was awkward and uncomfortable, and I don't think we ever sent a message to each other after we left. What so. I've heard about OkCupid is that it does, as you referenced, give more information to it at the beginning. And you do see those percentage matches with people. Yeah. Um, but I actually installed it again this year to take a look, and they've Tinderified it a lot more, um, where you're swiping on whether you like somebody or not, and it'll show you if they match, which I guess they're seeing the success of. That's really what people want to see. I just want to see a picture of a person, a few words. Does that person make me smile, or am I interested in them? Okay, like, let's get to know that person. Is that why you would say you use Tinder as your number one most often used? So, why I like it more than OkCupid? With all those questions, and it, you can see which question they answered that, they, that you disagree on. 
I found it. I found it was a way for me to look at a list of reasons why I wouldn't want to date somebody. And, you know, here's all these, here's all these things you disagree on. Like, I'm trying to think of a good example, but it'd be like, oh, like, I never want to travel. Like, I like staying at home or, you know. You can see that that's what they God prefer. is very important in my life and I'm an atheist. And I'd be like, oh, well, why? Like, I don't really want to go to church on Sunday. Like, do I really want to meet this person or invest any time? And it would just be a list of, here's all the things you disagree on. And there's no real nuance or understanding to it. It's just, you know, generally binary yes or no questions. So you would almost prefer to go in not knowing any of that stuff and find it out as you go. I feel like most people are, it's, life is not binary. Your opinions tend not to be binary and... The nuance to it of getting to know someone and people are flexible like I have many friends who may have had different viewpoints at certain parts of their lives and they've been together with someone with different viewpoints and they've changed over time like we're malleable like we may say things we believe certain things about ourselves but they may not be true but when you're looking at just a list and don't know a person it's really easy to say no, no, wouldn't. And that's the only, those are the only two choices you're given Yeah. when you're filling that out. So. Yeah, whereas on Tinder, it's just a few words. Many people don't even write anything. Don't be that person. It's really annoying. If I want to start a conversation with somebody, it's nice to have something to start a conversation about. How, have... how much of a profile do you think is appropriate when you write something for Tinder? Like, you've told us you just have one sentence. I have a few more than that, actually. Okay. Um, Do you think that's a, a good amount? Two to three sentences? I list a few of my interests, and there's a joke or two there, and that I'm looking for a shameless karaoke partner. And some people have better pictures than others, which spark discussions and comments as well. So I didn't appreciate how much the pictures can make a difference. Let's talk about that. How much can they make a difference, Kevin? Uh, it's the difference between zero dates and all of the dates. <laughs> you had told me that that's what happened to you when you... Was it that one photo you showed me? You, you changed that and put it as your cover. Yeah, and... so when I first installed it, I basically got almost no matches. What but was your first picture? I you honestly can't even remember. It was probably just a normal picture of my face. and I'm a guy. <laughs> okay, like, here I am. It'd be like if I was just walking down the street. Like a passport photo looking. <laughs> I mean, I hope it was better than that, but I'm not sure. I yep. mean, I think it would be like, oh, here's just me and my buddies hanging out. Here's a picture of me standing. Okay, so let's talk about that for a second. So you did post photos of you with other people. I probably did. I think so. Because you, you mentioned something to me a few days ago about... I do have pic at least one picture with other people around. Um, Including women, right? Yep. Photo. Yep. So I think you need at least one picture with other people to show that you have friends. <laughs> Are you just, hearing this, guys and girls? <laughs> it is just a minor thing. Like, 
Also, pictures of you that aren't selfies. Like, hey, I have a friend who can take pictures of me too. Like, it's not just me sitting in front of a mirror. Standing in front of a mirror showing your body. Yeah, if I can see a toilet seat or anything else (laughs) in the picture too. I've heard lots of complaints about the mirror selfies and the bathroom selfies. Yeah. You think leave those out when you're making your profile. Can you really not do better? (laughs) (laughs) Okay, I'm taking notes here. Yeah, so, yeah, pictures. Also, no pictures of ex-wives or husbands. I've seen people in wedding dresses. I'm like, I don't know what's oh, going on. Oh, I was on. like, how would we have known? But wow, okay. I, I, don't, I don't even know what to make of that. Like, I'm pretty sure I saw a wedding photo shoot as a series of profile pictures. I'm like, I... Okay, so, all right. No ex-wives, yeah. no ex-partners, a photo of you with Children friends. are very contentious. Okay, so... I notice a lot of women with pictures of with kids, and then in the profile they write, that's not my kid, which strikes me as strange, because <laughs> if everyone keeps asking of you, hey, is that your kid, why don't you just get rid of that picture? Okay, <laughs> if, if, you it, to, if you're not a right. parent, actually a parent, don't post photos with children. I, I mean, aren't they trying to show that they're, you know... They're nice, and they can, they're can. they good caretakers. and. I mean, maybe, but <laughs> you can write that or figure that in a conversation. Right. I think single mom or has kid is a big, I don't want to say red flag, but disqualifier for a lot of men and women. Personally, I'm not terribly interested in dating seriously uh, somebody who's already has kids. That's your preference. That's yeah. that is my preference. Yeah, and I would so, like to be told that up front, and I would like to know right. that from the profile. Yeah. Um. So I wouldn't have to find out personally. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Also, been on multiple dates where I found out they actually had boyfriends. Okay. Okay. <laughs> well, as we know, Tinder has reputations for different things, and you know, some people say they're just using it as to find friends. Yeah, that's a big warning red flag for me when they say I'm just I have a boyfriend I'm just on here to find friends I don't know I feel like there's so many other places you could be looking for quote unquote friends tinder is got a certain reputation and not the place I would be looking would you say it lives up to that reputation um so I think from what I've been told by a lot of people the men have one opinion of it with a certain reputation and the women have a slightly different one where I think a lot of women see it more as a, just a dating platform and a lot of men still see it. I think it was originally just a hookup platform and that incongruity of expectations causes issues between a lot of people. Yeah. Do you think people need to say these things in their profiles? Some people do. Uh, it would probably make it easier if people were just upfront about what they wanted and were looking for. But I think a lot of people, A, don't know, or B, don't want to broadcast exactly that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you may not want to be looking for a hookup, but if it happened, you're like, I'm okay with that. I just don't want you to assume if we go out on a date, this is just going to be a hookup. How many Tinder dates have you been on to date? Uh, we just counted right before this. I think it was 89. Okay, so I have been on officially 
three and a half. I'm not going to get into the half. It I wasn't something can, that ended. Can we? Can I do the interview now? I want to know what a half a Tinder date looks like. I will say, uh, listeners, the half does not mean there was like a slap in the face or water in the eye and then it ended abruptly. It was more just, um, let's just meet as friends kind of thing. And we knew that before we met. So I never felt it was fully a date. But um, I would love to learn some things from you about how to maybe have a good date or a good successful first date as someone that has a lot of experience. So what could you tell me is like the best way to get successful Tinder dates, let's say? Well, it might sound awful, but it, it's almost like a marketing thing. I'm not sure at which point. I mean, the first thing you have to do is create a good profile. So you actually get matches. Okay, so what is a good profile? I'm starting from scratch here. Really okay. three and a half is scratch well, <laughs> in your world. I think it's very different for women and men. The dynamic is uh, wildly imbalanced. I think the women are at a huge advantage for the at least the initial part of getting matches. I think any almost any woman who signs up and puts up a picture of, hey, I'm a woman, is going to have men just swiping. Do men swipe everybody? I've heard that they... Yes. Okay. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> A lot do. So basically, if I swipe somebody, then they're going to be, there might be a high probability it could be a match right away because they've yeah. already gone through it. Even in Bonsco here, I bet you we can get you a match during this interview. <laughs> <laughs> if we weren't recording with my phone, we might be able to try it on air, but um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so for the woman, having some interesting pictures and some text for me to engage with is probably the best thing. Can you? expand on interesting pictures what would you like to see i think it very varies for what kind of person you're trying to attract and what you want are you looking for a relationship are you looking for like a fling a hookup a travel buddy like you should probably be trying to target the pictures towards what you know if you're a really outdoorsy person you want to go hiking every weekend Pictures of you, you know, at the top of some mountain or something would be a good start. Also, nice, clear pictures of, you know, your face and actually get to see you is nice. But also, you know, activities, interests, you know. I'm a big ice hockey fan, so if I see a girl wearing a hockey jersey at a, you know, at an arena or something, I'm, I'm like, yes, I like that. So it really depends who you want to attract and why, but, you know, a nice, at least clear picture of your face is a pretty good start. <laughs> and then... But you started with that, and you said that got that was not getting... This you... is for the women. Okay, for the women, okay. For me, for me to engage with it, yeah, yes. I'd like to okay. kind of at least have a hint into, you know, what kind of person you are, what do you do for fun... And then please write something. <laughs> and I would say please make it a pretty recent photo as well. Ah, uh, yeah. So... <laughs> you can tell any stories that may have come up about that, but my, one of my three and a half... Is that why it was a half? Right. No, no, that's not why it was a half either, but this guy looked very different from his photo. Yeah. If you don't look like your pictures anymore, uh, they shouldn't be used. Actually, the f one of the reasons my first ever date, the OkCupid one, didn't go well was... Uh, not sure it was the same person in the picture. Yeah. 
Did you just like randomly meet a person at a train station cafe? There was a restaurant, but. Really just. Yeah. Uh, yes, having a no. Don't catfish people. <laughs> <laughs> just basic human decency should be a a rule. It's sad that it has to be said, but yes, for the guys, the other side of it. Every guy has mostly the same pictures of just, here's me, here's my bros, hanging out, drinking, I guess. They're somewhat interchangeable, and if you're not, like, Brad Pitt looking good, most of the girls are, there's nothing special about them. I mean, and there's, there's and I'm, I'm not a Brad Pitt looking guy, so I have to work a lot here to try and stand out. And so. there's so many people on Tinder these days, so you really could just spend, like, hours. Yeah, if you're around. in a big city... Yeah, there's essentially infinite supply of single men you're competing against. So. so what can you do to stand out? What did you do to go from like my normal photo, zero dates, uh, to winning? I created a... Well, I went hiking in Thailand up to a temple that was, I think, 1,263 steps straight up and wanted to die. But... You're standing on top of the world at this temple, and it was nice, windy. It was just about sunset, and it was the light was beautiful, and I'm just exhausted, and I'm taking pictures, and I give my friend my camera and say, okay, just take a couple of me. I'm just going to like swing my hair in the wind a little bit here on top of the world. And some of them came out just great. Uh... And so I posted my favorite one on Facebook. And more than any other picture I think I've posted, like people are loving it. And somebody wrote, like, uh, because you're worth it or something, like a, a L'Oreal slogan. And I thought that was hilarious. So I photoshopped the picture to put L'Oreal branding on it. <laughs> and uh, I posted that as a comment and like 30 people liked it or something crazy, which never happens in a comment on a Facebook picture. And I went, wow, there's there's something about that. So I took that picture and I put it on my Tinder profile. And that's your, your number one, like the top photo. Yeah, and that is the opening photo. And suddenly it went from no matches to like one or two a day. Which is quite a good amount from what I've heard from other guy friends. And I was like, oh, I think I was in a bit of denial that, oh, if you just, you know, somebody will like you, your appearance, whatever. No, I was in, I did marketing and I was in denial of my own studies. Yeah, everything's marketing. Wow. So people would really need to think about this. And maybe, like, you're using humor, obviously, as well. Yes, and my most fabulous asset is this lovely hair. So, if you've got it, flaunt it. Yeah, find, use, use Find your... something that's uniquely you, and it's different. Stand out slightly. Yeah, and I think everybody has something that they love about themselves. And whatever it is that you love about yourself, physically, um, accentuate it, whether it's whatever it is. I mean, physically or even just personality, you can... You can show your personality in photos, yeah. for sure. In photos or even in text, writing. Mm -hmm. 
like I spent a lot of time with my female friends and even the dates we've talked about dating a lot because it's a fairly common topic because many of them have done it a bunch too and you're like oh basically you're like okay let's compare notes like let's hear some story horror stories come up a lot or yeah so you hear these kind of things and it's it's difficult to stand out but if you're the guy you kind of have to and find something that's uniquely you and also like I said the women should make it so that they're trying to target what they want same for the guys like figure out you know who what kind of woman you want to go out with and you know I love my karaoke which (laughs) I think you will attest to yes that's our that's our number one bond right there that's what made us bond from the very beginning and it's it's something I really like doing and it's uh I wouldn't say the most common or popular activity, but it's sort of the kind of person that will get drunk, go in front of a whole bunch of people and scream out terribly at them is the kind of person I laugh with and have generally tend to have a good time with. So, <laughs> And it's great, like right in your description, you've said, this is what I'd like to do with you on a date. Yeah, I a shocking number of matches ask specifically, like, I want to go do that that sounds fun or even i've never done it and would love to try and i've taken quite a few to karaoke dates which is always an interesting experience and i also really like it because dates can be weird and when you have an activity or something else to do it's i generally prefer that so if you just go to dinner and it gets awkward real quick you're kind of stuck there through an entire meal Whereas karaoke, be like, oh, hold up, I'm going to go uh, sing now. <laughs> I'm going to go write down a song, give me a minute here, let's find something. There's. It's kind of like also, like, you're both probably sitting next to each other watching the person sing, and it's a, it's much more social than watching a movie together, or oh, sit, sitting across from each other at dinner, having to stare and get, could be very awkward. Yeah, what's the right amount of eye contact? <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to be rude, but I don't want to be creepy. <laughs> where's the line yeah okay so those are really some really good tips and like you've already said like maybe the other photos can be your interests you with your friends um and you had mentioned that you had photos with girls as well in the group because you were trying to make sure that people looking at your photos would be okay with that from the beginning yeah i have a lot of female friends and i really am not interested in dating anyone who's going to be super jealous of like one of my best friends it's a woman and we're very close there's no reason to be jealous and if I'm going to be with someone I they need to be able to trust me that I can have these kind of relationships and it's okay and if they're not I don't want to waste my time like I (laughs) you know my best friend there I've known her for oof more than a decade now if i'm gonna choose the new girl i'm just meeting or her it's not gonna be a very difficult choice probably right so i'd rather know right away than find out later oh i don't want you hanging out with any of your female friends that's not okay with me i really like that tip yeah present it as much of it as you can at the beginning yeah i mean that's that's probably been the 
biggest dating tip that I can give was just be open and honest about who you are, what you want, kind of about everything. If you're having to like hide things or lie or whatever, what's the point? <laughs> yeah. I... I mean, I will. Okay, I'll ask this now and then we'll, we'll I want to get more into like what happens on the dates. But are you, with, with having been on almost 90 Tinder dates, are you looking for, at this point, are you looking for something more serious? Or are you, so, are you looking for a karaoke partner in crime? Is, so the answer is yes and no at the same time. Yes, I would like to meet somebody. I actually do imagine getting married and having kids at some point. I don't know who that person is. I don't actually... I don't think I believe in there's still only one person. There's probably many that I'm compatible with. Um, I would like to meet one of them and get to that point. And I also don't believe that I can really plan that. So I'm out there. I will have fun. I will look. Um, and your probability is going up by increasing the numbers. I Yes and no, I guess. I, it's hard to say. This could be one of those black swan events that is very highly improbable, I guess, <laughs> for finding that perfect person. And as a nomadic, moving around quite frequently, there's often a natural end to any relationship, dating, whatever it's... I'm very upfront from the start. It says like I'm a nomad and traveling around. I tell them I'm, you know, I'm here for this long. I don't want anyone getting the wrong impression. Like I'm not, I've gone back a few times to places to see people that I've really connected with and spend more time with them. But at the same time, a lot, you're like, okay, this was like fun, but I don't think either of us sees this is not a, a long-term thing. And so it kind of naturally expires a lot of dating, I'd say. Which, in my mind, makes it very easy. And going on so many dates, I can easily find a lot of things where I'm like, that's, I don't like that. Like, I can't see that in the long term. How long have you been using Tinder as a nomad? It must be coming up three or four years. Yeah. What have you learned um, or what have you, uh, over the, these three or four years, has worked for you and what hasn't worked, would you say? Worked in what sense? Um, in, the t in terms of, like, I guess, has it, has it seemed to get any easier over that time to make a connection with other people as yes. a nomad? I would say dating is a skill. Can like, you give us some tips? From all your, your high number of Tinder dates. I mean, I'm hoping it's getting better and better. I don't know if it keeps, you know, climbing steadily. But when I started, I had not really been on a lot of dates at all. I hadn't really been dating at all for many, many, many years. I was very introverted. Spent most of my time in Azeroth, if you're not familiar that's World of Warcraft. Yeah. <laughs> it's not like a virtual world. Okay, yeah. 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 Uh, 
sort of buried myself in computers and then starting a company and yeah just didn't do a lot of it and felt very behind the curve actually so getting out there and trying to learn it was was and continues to be an interesting experience and it, it definitely can be learned if you're paying attention what things have you learned along the way basic human interaction skills go a long way the bar is not very high i feel like such as what like well basic hygiene apparently that needs to be stated i've been told not to me personally just for the record (laughs) but there's it's been commented on when you talk to other people yeah basic hygiene and politeness like just basic politeness uh I've met a lot of women who've complained about that discrepancy of expectations we talked about where within a few messages they'll say, hey, you want to come over to my hotel room and something. And, well, maybe one in a hundred says yes, but the other 99 are disgusted. And, yeah. Yeah. So, so you're saying it's important to actually spend some time with these people and get to know them a bit better before you would even think about asking something like that? Or... I don't judge that. I mean, if it happens, it happens. And sometimes a profile will straight up say, hey, this is what I want. And if you match, you know, as long as you're two consulting adults, go have fun. Mm-hmm. Um But out of the blue, no. It's you tease, you flirt, you slowly work into it. But be polite. Mm -hmm. I don't know if I'm allowed to say don't be an... uh, An a-hole? An a-hole, yes. (laughs) I don't want to get your censors in trouble here. (laughs) Yeah, be polite. Also, culturally, that's also really interesting, dating across cultures. And you would have dated, you know, being a nomad... A lot of women from a lot of different countries, I would think. Different countries and in different countries, and the expectations can change. Um, Yeah, there's been some awkward mismatch in expectations before. I met or matched a woman on Tinder in Bangkok from Russia, and I wasn't really planning on it being so much as a date but she was traveling alone and basically was saying she was kind of lonely and wanted somebody to hang out with and I was there with that aforementioned best friend and her boyfriend and we were going to go around and sightsee and do stuff so I said hey like, do you want to join my friends and I and she said okay and so we were going to some famous temple and you can't wear shorts or skirts or anything like that. You have to cover. And we got there and didn't realize, so we had to buy the silly-looking cheap elephant pants that, of course, everybody sold right in front of their knowing. Everybody forgot. So I texted her saying, hey, you know, we just found out we had to buy these. Like, you might want to make sure you bring some long pants and in like a shawl or something to cover your arms I think I can't remember the details exactly and she I told her also 
like there's an entrance fee it's this much just so you know and she was like oh i don't have any money and i was like oh do you need to like find an atm <laughs> and she was like oh like i thought you were just gonna pay for everything okay and i was like uh uh so my best friend she's swedish but also russian she emigrated when she was young and i asked her i was like is this normal like to me that's weird like i've never met this girl i told her we're hanging out with my friends like how is she coming here with no money and expecting me to pay (laughs) like i'm not okay with this Mm -hmm. and you're not sure of the cultural norm well i think in russia it's fairly common the man pays for everything on a date and in my mind i'm not even really thinking is this really a date i'm inviting you to hang out with my friends maybe she thought it's tinder it's a date i don't know it was very awkward and uncomfortable and i told her no like i'm not paying sorry and she's like oh well i guess i'll just sit outside of the temple and just wait for you guys and i was like well you might want to go find an atm because we're going to be doing stuff and it costs money (laughs) and uh yeah so that was super awkward and didn't end up meeting her i was gonna say did the date even happen or did she even meet you not till much later in that night (laughs) she did come out and meet you well she She was out if you know bangkok she was out on kausan road where i was taking my friends just to see an experience and so we actually did run into her there, and I actually had my friend talk to her and tell me, like, is this girl all right? Is she crazy? Like, I don't know what's going on. This is, like, weird to me. And so they talked in Russian a bunch, and she told me, yeah, she's just normal. I guess, like, that was the cultural difference, and we ended up partying all night and then some after hours hip hop club in an office building in Bangkok uh, with a bunch of people we met just out that night and I'm pretty sure she went off with some of those other guys who were willing she didn't have any money to pay entrance and so some of these other guys paid for her to get in and she was very friendly with him after that I'm really was, like curious like, how she's getting around the city with no money I, from what it seemed to be she would just find a guy to pay for everything and she told me she was supposed to travel for like a week or two weeks and it had been for months and just essentially finding guys to pay for her and she had been moving from country to country yeah it was wow. not my cup of tea but but tinder seemed to be a good vehicle to help her find people she and certainly what? seemed to find a lot of guys that would pay for her <laughs> Well, it wasn't me, and that was a, I don't know if a cultural or other mismatch, but yes. I'm sure that you've had, in these 90 dates, like, many unique and entertaining stories. Would you mind sharing a few with us? Uh, I, I suppose I can. All right. And. Thank you. Uh, easiest place to start, I guess, is at the beginning, on my first ever Tinder date. Which happened in Thailand. Um, I was sitting at the co-working space trying to find people to go to a trivia night with me. 
at the bar and nobody would go. So I do what any bored guy does and pulled up his phone and loaded up Tinder. And it's a small island I was on and every day there's about five new women on Tinder. And so you're like, oh, let's see. Let's see who showed up on the island today. And this, <laughs> yeah, this cute girl popped up first. I was like, oh, she's cute. And I said, yes. And then we matched. I went, oh my God. Because it's very rare considering how few people there are. So I sent her a message immediately. And she t- told me it was very playful off the bat. She, you know, so I asked her, you know, how did you pick you know, this tiny little island to come explore? And she said, oh, I was looking for a, a L'Oreal model or something <laughs> based on the picture. And I went, oh, this is playful right away. And so we chatted for a little bit. And within 45 minutes, I was meeting her at a beach bar. It's a very small island for a drink. And... As soon as I walked up to her, the first words out of her mouth were, if you didn't match me, I was going to come find you and call you a dickhead. And she said that with her Newcastle accent, which I don't think I had heard up until that point before, which (laughs) could understand about 50% of. And I was like, well, okay then. (laughs) Nice to meet you too. And that's when I found out she had actually joined the co-working space that day. Oh, wow. So you're going to be in close quarters. And uh, there's a lot of people there, and so I hadn't noticed her, but she had she had gone in for lunch or something and seen me, so she knew I was there, and that's why she decided that she was going to come find me and call me a dickhead. And then she quickly realized my Facebook doesn't have a picture of me, but... She realized, oh, I'm the guy who responded to her Facebook message on the, like, co-working group. There's a schedule that's posted, and it has it's a picture of the whiteboard with the events written on it, you know, trivia night, 7 p.m., you know, dinner, 8 p.m., etc. And she had written a comment on the picture saying, what time? And it's a big board with the events and times written and me trying to be helpful but not really knowing what she was needing help with (laughs) responded to her local time. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. And so she realized that I was the guy who did that so she called me a dickhead again (laughs) and I explained my position and apparently one of the events was missing a time which I didn't notice. Every other one had times and it wasn't specified so it was a slight misunderstanding of being called a double dickhead right off the bat uh but uh i guess there was nowhere to go but up at that point i thought and then the next thing she tells me was like oh by the way i'm a lesbian (laughs) i just wanted somebody to drink with and i was like fair enough that's what I was looking for about five minutes before I pulled up Tinder, and we matched. So uh, we ended up drinking and pulling up Tinder together to check out the women. <laughs> and hearing about dating life as a, a lesbian, there's not a lot of lesbians traveling, I guess. So we had to set the radius to like 50 miles away for people to start showing up. It was... Uh, it was an eye-opening experience, and we 
drank and talked for a few hours. We, uh, learned, I learned way too much about our personal lives. I won't share those details. Okay. <laughs> and uh, we went out to dinner, and then we went to some live music and some dancing and went. I mean, otherwise, it's And then we went like skinny a... dipping. Oh, okay. Well, I mean, like, this sounds well, otherwise... For the first date, like, I was like, huh, <laughs> we still both got naked. I guess this Tinder thing, that's what happens. <laughs> <laughs> Is that what spurred you on to date number two after Well, that I, at the end, I actually asked her, I was like, are you sure you're a lesbian? And she's like, yep. I was like, well, because you're actually pretty cool. I like you. <laughs> like, we're still friends to this day. <laughs> okay, well, that's success. Yeah. So that was my first Tinder date, which was... Pretty much setting the tone for the rest of my dating life. <laughs> Ridiculousness of it all. The uh-huh. amusing stories. Tell me another amusing story. That's, wow. Alright. I can only imagine right now. I'm going to try and keep them relatively PG. If you can keep them relatively condensed as well, just because I'm sure the listeners are like, ooh, I want to hear a few. Yeah. Um, so... One of the favorite stories is I was in Vienna and I matched with this girl and I was visiting some friends there and I was staying with them and they're they're a bit older that there was a couple they're a bit older and they'd been together for a very long time so they were hearing my dating stories and kind of living vicariously I think they had been together for 10 years so they missed the whole Tinder era and they're just enjoying this. And so this Tinder match asks if I wanted to go to a comedy show with her. And I love comedy shows. And yeah, absolutely. And we're chatting and I tell her, you know, I'm visiting my friends here. And she says, oh, you should invite them too. And I thought, huh. I even wrote to her. I was like, that's a bit weird. I don't generally bring my friends on a date. You told her, okay. Yeah, and she's like, I was like, are we gonna just the two of us go somewhere else for a drink or something after? Because it's not really very datey with your friends there. <laughs> so she said, yes, of course. And I was like, okay, like, I'll invite them. And my friends are sitting right there. We're all working at their kitchen table. And, uh,. They're super into it and excited, like, yes, we're going to get, like, a front row seat on your dates. And I'm like, yay. (laughs) (laughs) Great. Okay. And so she sends me a a link to the event. Um, It's a Facebook event link. And there's 20 people or something, RSVP to it. And me being me, I'm like, ooh, I wonder who's going. So I click on it. And there is my date, unsurprisingly. There is a girl I'm supposed to go out with the next night. Oh my gosh. And then there's a third that I'm chatting with that I had matched and was trying to see if we'd go out and I went... How small is this town? (laughs) I think if you drew a Venn diagram of... So it was... Women in Vienna who want to go to an English language comedy <laughs> and then also match Kevin, it would be just one concentric circle. <laughs> so I, my friends are losing themselves, just laughing. I was like, I, I don't even know what to say to this. 
But you're worth it, Kevin. It's going to be a story. I don't know what that story is, but like this is already ridiculous. and we haven't, I haven't even gone yet. They're <laughs> loving it, and they're about to get a front row seat. So we go. We pay our entrance. We go into a basement, because that's where comedy happens. And the best tender dates, in my opinion. Yeah. <laughs> is that where the half a date was? No. Nope. I'm going to keep you guessed on that. No. Nope. Oh, we're going to get that out by the end. I don't know. Yeah. Okay. Uh... <laughs> And as soon as I walk in, this guy goes, Hey, you must be Kevin. I've seen your Tinder profile. And I went, Hey, I don't remember matching any black dudes. <laughs> oh my God. And he, he laughs and he's the host for the night. And he's friends with my Tinder date who has sent him a screenshot of my profile. And he's from D.C., where I'm from. And we actually get along great. He's he's a comedian, and he thought that was funny. He's like, oh, oh man, I've seen your Tinder profile. I bet you have some stories. Are you going to perform tonight? And one little detail. The topic of the night is dating, texting, and Tinder. Wow. And, wow. Uh, yeah. And what I didn't realize was it's an open mic night. So here's the host who has been primed to try and get me on my Tinder date, by my Tinder date, to speak or tell funny stories about my dating life on stage in front of, well, at least my date, potentially the next day's date, and potentially even a third girl that I might go out with. And your friends from Vienna. And my friends from Vienna who had already heard all these stories and are elbowing me in the gut like, hey, you should do this. Like, come on. Like, your stories are great. And I'm like, I find this wildly uncomfortable. Even the thought of telling other dating stories on a first date in front of potentially multiple dates. In yeah. Vienna. I mean. Yeah. So... I I was kind of not biting for it, and he sends this and says, okay, how about this? How about I have my wife, she'll come up to you during the middle of the show and ask you, like, if you want to perform. And if you do, I'll call you up. And I was like, okay, that seems reasonable. All right. So finally, I walk into the venue, and... Soon as we really walk in, I see the girl I'm going on a date with tomorrow on her own date. Oh and I don't know what the etiquette here is. I'm still have some very awkward uh, tendencies occasionally. And I mean, the... you're just you're such a unique person. She's gonna know. <laughs> She's seen that unique Tinder profile, but she knows it's you. You can't hide in there. I try. <laughs> <laughs> So I make sure we're sitting down in a booth, not facing her, so I don't have to pretend like I'm not looking through her for an entire night. Of course, as soon as I sit down, my phone rings, and I check it, and it's from her, and it's, hey, turn around. And so I turn around and go, oh, hi, didn't see you there. And she came over, and we did, like, the 10-second introduction, like, ha Okay, like she went back to her date and I'm sitting there with my friends and they're before this they were even elbowing me like isn't that the girl and I'm like can't you be cool and you're with your tender date no no she's not there yet uh, okay. yeah so it's 
At least you got that out of the way. Like, the interruption, not in front of her. You know, I never even thought about that. I could say it's a good thing. Probably. I mean, the way this goes. (laughs) Uh, And then my phone rings again. And I'm just thinking, oh, God. Door number three. what's, What's happening? And I check it, and it is not girl number three. It is off the board girl. It is a girl I may have proposed to seven years earlier on my drunkest night in Bratislava right before my time in the EU ended when I was a I was a student in Sweden for two years and so my time had just ended and my visa was up and I had to leave and I was flying to Japan the next day. I do not have enough time for these stories on this podcast. I have so many questions. Yeah, okay. that's its own whole own story. That's its whole own story. <laughs> There's a lot of whole own stories here. Uh, but yeah. a girl called a random no, she texts me. <laughs> no, I met her one night. <laughs> okay, so the proposal. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, well, I remember I was leaving the Schengen zone the next day, so she was an EU citizen. So I oh. jokingly pro- said we should get married. <laughs> Okay, okay, so um, now. Yeah, that was more the context. But she was very nice from what I remember on the drunkest night of my life. Uh, also realized she had unfriended me at some point on Facebook. But, but here she is calling you. No, on, on Facebook Messenger she said, Hey, are you in Vienna? I just saw you on Bumble. Your profile on Bumble. Do you want to go out with me tonight? So, seven years later, and unfriended, she still remembered my whole name and tracked me down enough to ask me out that night. And I was thinking, where are all those other nights where I'm sitting alone with nothing to do, and suddenly tonight, I'm the hottest property in Vienna, apparently. This is (laughs) not... Couldn't it just balance out? So I had to explain to her, like, sorry, I'm at this comedy show, I'm kind of supposed to be on a date there's already like this other girl that it's already weird she's like oh can i come comedy show sounds fun i'm like i mean it's a free country i can't stop you but i would really rather you didn't given the context here (laughs) like that would be super awkward and i think she was a little bit disappointed but took it in stride and i said you know i would i'll take you out any other night like i would love to see you again but please not tonight. <laughs> it's already it's it's already ridiculous. And so, okay, that's done. And we're sitting there and the show starts. My date still hasn't arrived. And the first performer goes up. And it's the chef from the restaurant that it's in the basement of. And he bombs. It's terrible. He's just rambling. It's not funny. The host's wife is actually has a second microphone and starts heckling him. Which was entertaining. <laughs> and, you know, the guy gets off. The host goes back up, tells a couple jokes. And he's like, okay, uh, up next, uh, how about uh, you, Kevin? What happened to the wife asking? Yeah, I know. I was like, that was not our agreement at all. Oh, boy. Uh, my date's still not here. Uh, Best time to go up, Screw though. it. Let's do this. All right, here we go. Uh... So, of course, as soon as I start walking up, guess who walks in? Door number one? Door number one. There walks in my date with another guy. 
yeah, I don't have time to talk to her. I am walking up to perform on stage. So I get up on stage and I go, you know, hide all my Tinder matches out there. <laughs> Thinking that's, that's what I, I'm just going to address the awkwardness head on. And I get back up. Whoa, that's me with her arms like up and everything. And I'm just like, oh my God, I've made a huge mistake. Wait, so the, the woman that just walked in with yep. the other guy? Okay, yep. wow. Wow. She didn't know about the other dates. <laughs> <laughs> or matches. They weren't dates yet, I suppose. Uh, yeah. So that happened. And I'm like, oh, I've made a huge mistake. So I tell uh, the story I told you before about my first Tinder date up on stage these with slightly more detail because it's at a comedy show right and this is the pg version yeah it gets a little bit of laughs and i've always wanted to do stand-up comedy i just thought i would have more than about seven seconds to prepare for it maybe write a little monologue or something well even just writing down the details in order because there was at least once or twice where i had to go back and be like oh i forgot to mention this because it's important later mm-hmm. sort of thing to, but overall it went pretty well actually one of the, my friends took a picture of me during it it's on my dating profile now because I look actually very poised and confident up there with a the microphone I was like that is not how I felt at all so I did my story um, he asked oh do you want to tell another and I was like I'm not drunk enough for this I need to go straight to the bar buy a drink and then I finally walked over to my date and started talking and she said so like i thought it was weird you brought your friends on the date so i matched this guy a couple hours ago and brought him and i was like so you asked me to bring my friends i say it's weird but do it anyways because you said so and then to make it not weird you match another guy and bring him I was like, I, I I, don't even have a response to that. I'm just going to go back to my friends now and go sit with them and tell them this. And, of course, they're laughing hysterically because only this, this only happens to me. I really think this only could have happened to you, Kevin. Yeah, and I don't know how I keep having these sort of things happen to me, but they do. I mean, maybe when you're a very active Tinder user, this happens? I... I don't think so. <laughs> I, I, the degree is crazy. Just, and it's a memorable photo. Everybody knows that photo on the Tinder world. So we'll come back to that. There's stories about that. But the rest of the night, well, we were going to eat, but we saw the chef perform and no longer wanted to eat his food. <laughs> if his comedy was as good as his food, we might have died. <laughs> so I got very drunk off, you know, two drinks, <laughs> as I do. And in the second half of the show, he's like, Kevin, you drunk enough? You want to perform? I was like, yes, let me do it. So I went back up and told more stories, raunchier stories. I didn't really, I was the second performer and the first time and I didn't really know the room. So, yep, went, performed. The night ended, the show ended. My friends went home pretty much right away because they're not really late night party people. And I'm sitting at the bar with my date, her date, (laughs) tomorrow's date, her date. Well, five of us sat at the bar drinking and uh, 
until the place closed down and we went and looked for a club and ended up at a club and I grabbed both of them and was brought them to the dance floor for a bit. Oh, wow. And the night ended with the tomorrow's date and her date left and then my date and her date, we all went to the station. She was going one way and he and I were going the same way. Her train came first and we started talking. And he's like, yeah, you know, like, I didn't know about this. And I was like, I don't, I, I don't blame you. And I can't imagine you were like, I would really like to third wheel a date. Like, At a comedy club. Yeah, business. like, I'm certain that never crossed his mind and he was probably as unprepared for that as I was. At the comedy show. Maybe not. Maybe not. Maybe he did. I don't know. Wow. Well, I feel like you should write a book, Kevin, about these Tinder stories. It, it might happen. Yeah. But... Definitely. Because I, I feel like you have so many more you could share. I wish I could hear more. <laughs> Unfortunately, this is not the Joe Rogan podcast that maybe it one day can be. But uh, You I... might have to change your name. Yeah, I might have to. I might have to. I do love this podcast, though. Shout out to Joe Rogan. Anyway, um, can, I, I wanted to ask you actually a little bit about dating online as a nomad. And like, if you have any tips just trying to do that as a nomad. Um, I know some of my listeners are traveling continually and they found it. I've heard feedback from them that it is, it is a challenge. Uh, but do you have I any would, tips from all your experience? I'm not even sure I'm the best person to ask. I have not really dated so many or not seriously dated any or traveled with them like as a nomad couple before like i've gone out with nomads but i would say the likelihood that you meet another nomad on tinder while you're in let's say berlin or something is really is quite low compared to obviously all the other people who live there that are i mean some places i mean i've gone out with a few but I think the biggest challenge, a lot of people that are nomadic, I mean, we tend to be fairly independent and want certain things and, you know, we have our, a lot of us have our plans and we're going this way and meeting somebody who has their own plans that go a very different way can be a challenge. Like, that's probably the biggest challenge is the just even simple geography. Like, I'm here for, you know, a month, and then I'm going to go to another continent, and you're going to go to a separate continent, and those are your plans, and you've made these, and yeah, that's hard. It's, I don't really want to do any sort of long distance either, mm -hmm. so that becomes a challenge, and we... What are you looking for? Are you? Would you like to ideally in an, take... in an ideal world? Yeah. In an ideal world, yeah, I would love to meet somebody who was as flexible and had similar interests that we could go travel together to different places. And I think it's crazy to expect you know you're going to be on the same schedule and want to go to all the same place and do. I mean, you're like anything with any one partnership be it business, personal, whatever, you're going to have to compromise and mm -hmm. basically make sacrifices to that. I guess it's hard. When other. do you know, being the guy or the girl, yeah. when it's worth that right. sacrifice? Yeah. Like, I would like to go, you know, here, here, and here next, and I want to go scuba diving there, but 
you know, you're a mountain person, you want to go there and go hiking and, you know, be in a little village for a month. And I want to go to Berlin and go, let's go clubbing for a month. You know, how do you resolve that? Somebody's going to have to compromise. Yeah. But, you know, finding somebody who's going to match at least many of the check marks or check boxes for what you're looking for. I mean, I actually met one person, I would say, in the last few years that I went like, wow, like this person, if I drew a checklist of like, here's all the things I want and they actually were nomadic and so there was a real chance I would have considered, you know, I'd be, I would have been happy to change my plans and try and figure out how we could travel together. On my checklist, I did forget one thing. That thing would have been likes me back as much as I like them. Oh, <laughs> yeah. And that's hard in the normal world, I know. Yeah. Getting equal likes on both sides. Yeah. yeah, so it's hard. There's not a, not a huge pool. I don't know how you feel as a single woman, whether is there more men than women. I feel like there's far more men than there are. There are far more men, um, and we have actually met the co-founder of um, Nomad Soulmates, which is another dating platform. I can say that I've tried to use it, and I will say I haven't put much effort into it, but when I would find the person on there, and we would match and start chatting, they were really far from me. They were on the other side of the world. I have a profile on there, and I don't even know what country it's set to. I don't know what mine's set to now either, but... (laughs) It, it was always, I mean, the likelihood we were in the same place was just, was very slim. and Yeah. Um, but it's nice that, that that kind of network is being created. But still, like you're saying, the issue of compromise and not even that somebody has somewhere to be for business. It's like, it's often just personal. They personally want to go here. They have, we yeah. all have friends around the world now. You've already told your friend you're going to go meet them. Exactly. And that's difficult. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's the that's the main issue I find is that I've already told a lot of friends you that in you know the next few months I'm going to meet them, and so yeah, I could say they're my friend. I could get some leeway from them, but I actually invited this one to go on a cruise because oh. my friends were visiting me, and one of them had their birthday coming up, and it was a birthday cruise, and he was generously covering the cost of it, and they were there, and like oh yeah. This was maybe the second or third night I had seen her, and she was meeting my friends, and they're like, yeah, you should come on the cruise with us, like literally fly across the world and spend a week. This was the, the nomadic girl, though. Yeah. <laughs> she said no, which is probably, from her perspective, a very rational choice. <laughs> I wonder why she said no. I wonder what she, I mean, maybe she had also plans that... Like with people probably plans but also that's I don't that's kind of crazy to say oh I just met this person his friends are inviting me on a cruise on the other side of the world <laughs> for a week with this person like that's uh quite a even com- in the nomad world that's, that's quite a that's commitment a big, uh, yeah yeah it's a big move yeah I do like the idea still that we can be spontaneous and make spontaneous moves and you know, but it's a real, yeah, I'm two years into this nomadic journey, and it, the dating side of it is, is challenging. 
I do wonder if it would be easier to meet somebody and then travel with them once you have a relationship. If you weren't nomading, if you were more stable for a while somewhere and having a relationship and then saying, hey, like working up to traveling around. Or maybe you're still nomad, well, not nomadic, but you're, you're still doing everything online, but you go to a place for like a year? Possibly, yeah. And right. you meet the person who's may or may not be working online there and then pose the idea of then traveling together. Probably also easier when you're more stable. Even if you are What is somewhat... stable? I wonder for a nomad. Like six months in a place or a year? It's... Enough to get to know somebody? Yeah. I mean, a lot of the time it's, you know, I'm there a week or a month. A month is a long time, often for me being anywhere Mm -hmm. so getting to know somebody and of course I find it's like I it'll be the last week that I meet somebody I really like that seems to be the pattern every time it can never be right at the beginning Mm -hmm. it's oh I'm gonna leave soon oh I met this wonderful person now (laughs) it never happens at the start it's like what's the best course of action just stay in that place and well that's why I'm always leaving a place that way I can meet somebody I like (laughs) And then go back and see them again in the next place. That's the that's my new theory. Don't don't copy this. It's ter- <laughs> terrible, terrible advice. And, and did you meet those people online? I don't know. Do you usually meet those people you meet at the very last few It's days? always Tinder or something like that, yeah. Okay. It, oh, so I, should, yeah. I guess as we wrap up here, I should ask you, like, do you still meet people organically? Um, in person? In person. Or, like, how, what percentage... Would you say at the time now you're still... Ooh, mostly still off Tinder. Okay. I do meet some out and about. Um, definitely after using Tinder, I got more confidence and used to just chatting somebody up and if I like them, asking them out. Uh, do you now prefer the online way, though? I, mean, I actually prefer way, way, way more to meet somebody off Tinder. Okay. And I can tell you why. Please do there's context and structure to it whereas if you meet somebody just out somewhere i don't know what their relationship status is i don't know if they're you know what they want whatever i it feels uncomfortable but that's how it used to always be i know and i i'm glad i have tinder now So you're saying, like, we've, we've come up in the world. We, we should be embracing I think this. for some people it's better than others. Yeah. For very extroverted people, I don't think it matters. I have some extroverted friends that don't like it. It's like, yeah, I'll just go to a bar and meet people. And I'm like, I don't, don't want to do that. Like, if I'm going to meet a girl, I can match her on Tinder. We can talk. And I know she wants to go out on a date and at least superficially likes me and wants to do that. And we have structure. I have context. Mm-hmm. We're going on date together we can talk about you know whatever we want to do you know interests yeah give give me these you like the idea that you both already have the the same goal here yeah like this person is here to see me easy yeah not i don't want to like awkwardly try and read between lines is like she want to throw her drink in my face or wants me to chat to her like think I can read those signals, but I don't really want to play a guessing game. Do you normally t- like set up the second date at the end of the first date if you liked it? 
It's a random question that just came to mind. Uh, or what rules have you found for your second I, I don't have any. Third? I don't. I don't have any rule. People say like, hey, you should wait three days. I don't have three days. I'm leaving the country in two. <laughs> <laughs> So if I, yeah, I mean, depending on how the date ended, I'd like to at least make sure, you know, if we went out somewhere, okay, you got home. Okay, great. You know, if I, yeah, like I had a really nice, nice time. And if I want to see them again, I'll ask them. And generally, if you really liked each other towards the end of the date, you know, when it's ending, you know, I'll ask, like, when can I see you again? And if they're enthusiastic, they normally, you know, you can discuss a little bit, like, oh, you know, I'm free tomorrow night, oh, like, next weekend, uh, and, yeah. Yeah, just gauge interest from there. Yeah, you just kind of read the situation as it happens. There's no, I don't have any set rules, I don't follow any, whatever. Yeah. Try and be polite. Don't do anything they don't want to do. Don't do anything you don't want to do. Yeah, common courtesy. Yeah. So, I would say, like, the takeaways from this that I have gotten from speaking with you is that it's really important to, like, any dating profile you're using, make, like, spend some time on it. Check the writing. Like, it's marketing, and it's important. Yeah, I would say the pictures make the biggest difference. Stand out. Have a nice picture. Common courtesy as well. Yeah. You know? Don't be a dick. Yeah, don't do, <laughs> don't do anything the person doesn't want to do. And just gauge interest and, and keep going. If it doesn't work out, keep going. There's yeah, plenty there's, of Tinder it's all a, over the world. It's a skill, and you can get better at it, and it becomes less uncomfortable. And the more you do it, the better, hopefully, you get. <laughs> and you've pointed out benefits to it. I know there are people like, I'm not going to online date, but... You've pointed out a lot of the benefits that are actually improvements, perhaps, upon this whole organically meeting somebody that we all used to do. I think for some people, yeah, and I think there are other benefits, too. It's not just your dating life. Your dating is just communication and mm-hmm. being better at communicating between you and another person or even a group of people is a skill like any other. And despite our, like, you know, our love and our, like, continually large embrace of the internet and going, like, living our whole lives online, meeting people is still so important. I would say the dating has helped me have better relationships with so many people. Mm-hmm. Op- opening up, you know, allowing yourself to be vulnerable and make friends and... Like, I said I went on a lot of Tinder dates, and I'm still friends with a lot of them. Like, I'm, I'm sure s- that you are. I still stay in touch with at least probably 20. Mm-hmm. Plus, I don't even, I have to count and, and think you about you have friends it. around the world now. Yeah. I mean, you've expanded that, I'm sure, so much through this. And... Yeah, I mean, many of them you go out, it's clearly not romantic, but I've had them, you know, show me their city, tell me all sorts of stuff. They just become buddies, and... You know, even if you met on Tinder, you can kind of laugh. You're like, yeah, we can talk about dating life now, too. Like, you know, how's it going for you? And they kind of know you a little bit and you know them. And I think we shouldn't be so afraid of dating or, or like think of it as such a stigma. We should view this as an, every opportunity to learn more about communication yeah. and get to know. I mean, really, it's just going out to meet 
somebody and getting to know one person a little bit better and there's kind of this door that maybe there's some possibility for some romance you're okay with that yeah I mean that's the only difference to going out with a friend I think Mm -hmm. yeah yeah and you both know that that could be a possibility yeah yeah well thank you so much for being so open today and sharing so many of your stories I find them really entertaining but I think it's also just so kind and generous of you to share some of the things you've learned over these years and giving us some tips and it could really help somebody it really could change somebody's life tomorrow if they put a different picture up you know (laughs) (laughs) and there's also people out there that are doing photography for people just to help them with improving their things like their tinder profiles or yeah so thank you is there anything if if people would like to well i think what i'm going to do in our case because we're not really here today to we're, we're talking about online dating mostly um i would say if there's a tinder link i can say <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Um, you're trying to hook me up with more people no if people would like to reach you or follow you or anything would you like to give any um i can cut this out by the way if it's not is there <laughs> if listeners would like to reach you or follow some of your adventures <laughs> where can they find you well i do not write about my dating adventures there's nowhere to follow that but they can follow the i guess instagram kevin underscore ohashi mostly diving photography okay (laughs) by the way if you ever if you ever do write that book i will be updating our website and put a link to it Uh oh if you want even more stories where he goes much deeper (laughs) thank you kevin thank you for having me it's been fun I really hope you learned some new ideas for your online dating profile from Kevin and enjoyed his hilarious stories from putting himself out there in the world of online dating. Kevin has definitely inspired me to rethink all of the photos that I'm currently using for my online dating strategy. And now I really want to get some activities in mind before I even meet up with my dates in person. I can definitely see the benefits of taking someone to something more interactive like karaoke or a stand-up comedy show as a first date to really get to know someone in a more social environment. Thank you again, Kevin, for being so open with your dating history and giving us some helpful tips based on your experiences. I am looking forward to your book. And listeners, I hope you have a great week, and I will see you here for the next episode. Thanks for listening to the School of Travels podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, we'd love for you to subscribe and leave us a rating wherever you get your podcasts. Special thanks to The Sam Chase for allowing us to use their song, In a Perfect World. Don't forget to join us next week for another episode, and remember to always let travel be your teacher. If you keep your options open, there are places you will go. They will treat you like the kings and queens your parents thought you'd be when you were born. You'd see it all with your head up standing tall, and you'd look back and think it's funny how you spent your time and money.